Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a very wonderful thing to be back with you and to be given the wonderful privilege of being able to preach God's Word to you here at Advent. My thanks go to all of our elders and our two pastors, especially Pastor McKay, for extending this invitation now that he knows that I'm going to be leaving for four months. Our text for today I, I read with, uh, with great joy, taken from Luke chapter 12. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your pastor has been pleased to give to you the kingdom. Here ends our text. The kingdom of God may be very small, by small, insignificant, but it is powerful and it is rich and it is undeservedly free. There was a man by the name of Ferdinand von Furstenberg and he was born sometime after the Thirty Years' War began. But it was not until he became Bishop of Paderborn in 1661 that he had to exercise his dominion of rebuilding this terrible destruction that had taken place in the Thirty Years' War. He rebuilt, he was a good ruler, and he rebuilt his dominion so that he could protect his people and the people had been greatly abused. They had been viciously killed and robbed and abused and starved by all sides of that long, prolonged war. And there were many people who fled to his dominion for protection. Seeking the dominion of God is exactly what Jesus is telling us to do in this text. He wants us to flee to his kingdom. He wants us to know that though that kingdom appears to be very small or insignificant, that it is extremely powerful, that it is rich in security, that it is undeservedly, wonderfully free. Let's step back for a second here and remember something that I think I used to teach you. If your memory is fading, so is mine. Usually in the gospel there is a kind of a theme between the movements of Jesus. So this section begins in Luke chapter 12, 1, and ends in 13, 21. Perhaps in the ancient church, the entire text would be read for a Sunday worship service. These stories, these texts, are all speaking to one unified theme. They speak about fear. And a fear that Jesus says also promotes hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is where somebody appears to be a Christian or pretends to be a child of God, but in reality is not almost always because of fear. Let's consider what it is that those fears are that Jesus is speaking to in this text. The first fear that Jesus speaks about is the fear of acceptance by men. 
Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. I tell you, fear him. Fear him sounds rather dreadful. We do live today in a very politically correct, non-free speech world. Say the wrong thing, and you will very likely be labeled a racist or a misogynist or a bigot or maybe even an idiot. Say the wrong thing, and it won't take long before you're unfriended or simply categorized. Heaven forbid that you would speak openly and honestly about the teachings of Jesus or be known publicly as a person who is a Christian, a believer in Jesus, the Son of God. People, especially today, I think, can be very mean and oftentimes very hateful. And there is a lot of good reason to fear their acceptance. So why should we fear God rather than men? Not merely because God has the power to judge and to condemn, but because we need fear to fight fear. By fearing God rather than men, we can say to the world, you think I'm afraid of you or your acceptance? You really think that I need your approval? Do you not know that my God is the God of all creation and that he is coming again and that he is going to open up the doors of heaven and that I'm going to stand before him innocent and free. I'm not afraid of you. With a kind of a strange form of comfort that follows this text, Jesus goes on to say, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The one we fear wonderfully is the one who also can take away all our fear. Christianity is in decline today, I think in great part because we are being shoveled off into a corner and told that we will not be accepted unless we are silent about our faith. If we ever wonder or are afraid that the words that we must speak and are demanded of us won't be there, Jesus says this, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. The kingdom of God may be very small and insignificant, but it is powerful because it is the Holy Spirit who will be doing the talking through you. The second fear that Jesus speaks about is the fear of security. Jesus told a parable in response to a man who had asked Jesus to settle a dispute between himself and his brother over an inheritance. The parable was about a rich man who had a very 
abundant harvest, it was so great that he built bigger barns in order to be able to store everything. And then he sat back and he said, take it easy, time to eat, drink, and be merry. So entranced was he by his material security and comfort that he forgot where it is, that the true riches in life were to be found, not the material things of this creation, but in the true and the spiritual and eternal treasures of the kingdom of God. And that very night, his soul was taken from him, and so were all his treasures. We don't all get to be so privileged that we can sit back and say, eat, drink, and be merry. No matter what, however, we all have our smaller fears, for sure. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? From a U.S. government American time survey, we get an idea of how it is that we as average Americans are supposedly prioritizing our time. We work an average of about eight and a half hours a day. We spend about five hours of leisure, of which about half of it is watching TV. We socialize for about an hour. We do sports or exercise or recreation for about an hour and a half. We do housework for about two hours. Um, apparently, for some strange reason, women do more of it than men. Personal interest, things like reading, gets all of about ten minutes. There seems to leave us about six hours worth of sleep. Nothing in the survey addressed volunteerism or church worship to say nothing of prayer or the reading of scriptures. Why do you suppose that we just don't have time? Guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.